iOS helps you control which apps you share your exact location with. There's more to iPhone. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to the Times, the game podcast. I am Max Rushton here on an emergency loan. Uh, let me take this chance to say I'm really excited to be signing in the window. I've supported the Times football podcast since I was a small boy running around the house pretending to talk over Henry Winter in my Gab Marcotti replica shirt. Uh, before you ask, I will not celebrate today if I say anything good or interesting uh, because of my respect for other excellent football podcasts hosted by smooth Italian football experts that I may or may not be hosting in a couple of weeks' time when... He goes skiing. Uh, here to say good and interesting things. On the phone, Oliver Kay. Hello, Oliver. Hello, how are you doing? Very well. What room do we find you in? Uh, the kitchen. The okay. kitchen, obviously. Excellent news. Uh, and you couldn't be bothered to come in? It's the wrong way. Oh. I, 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 don't, I don't think you re- re- reimburse my travel costs, which mm. would be extortionate. So, um, no, you, you should get yourself lucky. I mean, are you committed to, you know, do you kiss the, the badge during the pod? Are you, the, do you have that commitment issue with it? Or like Dimitri Pyatt, are you looking for a move away? Um, I, you know, you can ne- never rule anything in or out, as, as Cristiano Ronaldo would say. Only God knows the future. So, um, but uh, but, that, but that, that that takes us in a down an unwanted uh, unwanted avenue. So uh, yeah, who, who knows? Happy to, happy at the club, right in front of my eyes. The uh, greatest Ipswich player since Frank Yallop. James Scowcroft is here. Morning, James. Morning. And Julian Laurent. Player, he was a good player. Yeah. I'm not knocking. I'm saying I, I rated you as well. Scully. Uh, bonjour, Julien. Bonjour. You're looking great. You're looking so beautiful. Um, before we start, did anyone hear the last 30 seconds of uh, the game podcast last week? Um, Ollie, did you hear this? Uh, I'm, I'm saying that what, what I'm doing is I'm going to binge listen to them all from the very start. Oh, like from, a box from, set. From, from, from season one, I'm going, to, I'm going to take that approach. I'm doing that with Coronation Street at the moment. Oh, well, let's... And I'm up, and I'm up to 1973 and it's really, really slow. Really oh, well, just for your listening pleasure, here is the last 30 seconds of last Monday's podcast. I won't be here next week. I will be elsewhere, but uh, I'm sure you'll be in very competent hands. And don't worry, I will lobby very, very hard to make sure that Alison Rudd fills in for me and not Max Rushton. <laughs> oh, so does anybody know what I've done to... Uh, Julian, you were, you were there at the time. I was. Did you support me? I, I tried. I mean... Alison did it once when Gab wasn't there, mm-hmm. and I was surprised it wasn't you. I, I don't know. You and Gab need to um, to sort it out together. Maybe on a boxing ring, or with enough problems in the world right now, do we need a Marcotti Rushton uh, war? I don't. Uh, I'm not sure it will make page one to Floyd Mayweather and, and yeah. Conor McGregor are going to have a fight soon, mm-hmm. or Klitschko and. And Joshua, you could, you know, you we could, could put be on them the onto the undercard. Yeah, and yeah, we yeah, could yeah. Be the main could event. Be the main event. He started it. Uh, right. Um, uh, today we are 
uh, forced to ask if the FA Cup has lost its magic again, despite all the shocks. And it's deadline day, so we'll do our best Jim White impression. Do you want the running order? Uh, you know, they always announce the running order, chaps. So here's the running order. Sutton, Lincoln, Liverpool, Millwall, Fulham, Spurs, Arsenal. And if we can still be bothered, uh, the other ones. Chaps, Alan Shearer says clubs making wholesale changes are cheating fans out of an FA Cup run. Uh, the 13 Premier League clubs in the fourth round made 98 changes in their lineup. Championship sides facing lower league opposition also rotated players. Leeds made 10 changes. Brighton and Newcastle made nine. Shearer says clubs care about money. Fans care about trophies. It's very unfortunate. What do you think, James Scowcroft? I disagree with that because if you look at the attendances, the fans back up the manager's decisions, don't they? If you look at, I believe, Crystal Palace, Manchester City, there was 13,000 fans there, 4,000 Man City fans there. So that's half of Crystal Palace's average home gate. So I think the fans are going with the away from the so FA Cup as well. It's a self-perpetuating thing, though, isn't it? I just I think it's uh, it's been going on for years, and I just can't see. I, I think we've hit an all-time low this weekend with, with what's gone on. And, you know, it's a shame because there's been some fantastic performance and some great... Clubs have gone through to the fifth round and, and deserve their, their moment in the spotlight. But it's a fact that the FA Cup is nowhere near what it once was. Ollie? And I think people need to come to terms with it. I, I agree with James. I also agree with uh, with, with Shearer on the on the, the wider point that you know this is all about... Um, you know, p- people aren't interested in doing what Wigan Athletic did a few years ago and, and winning the FA Cup but being relegated. People would rather finish in the top four than win the FA Cup they'd rather finish in the top two in the championship than win the FA Cup. I think that the problem is, you know, managers are just doing what their clubs want them to do to prioritise the league. And the reason for that is that the, the, the prize money in the league is utterly ridiculous. The discrepancy financially between finishing fourth and fifth in the Premier League or between finishing 17th and 18th in the Premier League or finishing second and third in the championship is just so ridiculous. And even... The discrepancy between finishing ninth in the Premier League and twelfth in the Premier League—it makes such a massive difference that clubs are motivated by money. I don't think it's all about money. I think money is a big factor in it. I just think the the gloss has come off the FA Cup. I, um, I was at the FA Cup final in May when Manchester United beat Crystal Palace and saw a mm. Manchester United manager lift the FA Cup and get booed by supporters. Now that's nothing to do with money. That's that's a fact from a, a, a club whose supporters see the FA Cup not good enough for, for their team. I do think the whole decline of the FA Cup does, does come from money. It's, it's been the Premier League era in which being in the Premier League and being in the Champions League means everything. And people do look look down the noses. Fans look down the noses at winning the FA Cup. And I do think it's all about money. I, I think, you know, managers will look at their, their sort of crowded December, January fixtures and think, well, the FA Cup third round, the FA Cup fourth round, they're those are the two games where we'll rest players, then I think that is because they know that their livelihoods are not going to hinge on um, progress in the FA Cup, as seen by Van Hal getting sacked, as seen by Kiki Sanchez-Flores getting sacked soon after taking him to the semi-final, Pardew getting sacked. The FA Cup doesn't matter to owners, and I think that attitude stems all the way down from owners to managers to players and eventually to fans. Julian? I mean, I get all that, but... Is any great that smaller teams like Lincoln and, and Sutton reach the, the fifth round? So the, that's what's a money thing as well because the money and the, the actual prize money for the for the lower tier, the non-league clubs now 
is great. The, the TV prize pool they get from there going through to, to the next round. So it's almost like a two-tier competition. The, the top two, the Championship and, and the Premier League, not interested at all, majority of them. But if you get lower down, especially into non-league and you get into the first round and maybe the second round, you get TV highlights, you might get a TV game on the TV. It's worth a lot of money. So money then talks again for those clubs yeah. as well. But for, for me, the, the cup, and whether that's the FA Cup, the French Cup, you know, whatever cup, is... is to give the opportunity to those smaller clubs to do something great, to have a bricklayer scoring a goal against professional football players who earn 50 or 100 times what he earns, you know, playing football. And I think that's great. If, if, if the FA Cup is at the start of the FA Cup going like, yeah, I hope it's a City United final. Because apart from Liverpool, who, you know, again, I thought that was a great game. And even if, if club changed 10 or 11 players, whatever it was, um, Nine players, sorry. I thought it was great. I love watching Wolves. And, and if we had 18 Premier League clubs instead of eight in the fifth round, people would say, oh, the cup is boring. The FA no, Cup is right. boring. Do you think actually... So I don't really understand. Everything is better when you're 10, right? So you loved football more when you were 10. And so you loved the FA Cup when you were 10. Was it, it probably wasn't as brilliant as I think it was in 1989 or 1987. I mean, I, I, yes, it was more important. When I was growing up, there was yeah. the European ban. So there wasn't even European football then. But... Actually, James, was it as good when you were playing? Was it better significantly? Or is this just another nostalgic thing? Everything was better. Kids' TV was better. Yeah, I think so. And, and I think one of the big things, money's obviously a, a factor in it, but the, we're saturated with football on our television, aren't we? So when the FA Cup, the FA Cup final day was... You know, I'm a, a showpiece. Oh, it? it was one of the highlights of your the year, your childhood. Looking back, really, but you look now. There's four or five matches on every single day of the week. So everywhere you go, it's football, football. It wasn't like that 20 Should years ago. Should we just have a sabbatical, a whole year off all <laughs> all football? Really, what, what we keep our contracts. Sp- you know, <laughs> in broadcasting terms, but 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 we just take a year off. Should we talk about the Sutton Leeds game then? Because you know they did they did well. I, th- I saw Cambridge play Leeds. And Leeds did pick a couple of their regular players. You know, Pontus Janssen played, and I thought Gary Monk would do the same and play two or three regulars, and that would have probably been enough. But he made 10 changes. 83 places between them. That's great, isn't it? You must be very pleased for the Sutton manager, James. Was that 83 places between where Sutton Leeds, Leeds are in yeah. the under-23 development league and where Sutton are? <laughs> or, or, do you mean league places as in first team I mean league places in oh, first team yeah. listen it's a great result for, for Sutton isn't it as well and the manager because if you actually look into the manager's background he's paid for the pitch he literally runs a club single handedly now so it's you know it's their moment and you just hope for them I'm sure they will do get a fantastic draw they'll get Lincoln won't they yeah so in the fifth round. they're supposed to play each other in the league on the day of the fifth round as well really so it's, it's like, like it's football written. scripted I know it's did you ever James ever play on a uh, you wouldn't have played on 3G but on a dodgy plastic pitch no. Never? Never looted? No, I was after the days of Boundary Park and Loftus Road. Really? And those days, and just, just before it all but came in. You know, there's club in, in some top flights in Europe where you have a plastic pitch. If they win promotion, why would they not be allowed to play in the league, in league two, for example, with a plastic pitch? I don't understand. It grass no is sense. better. Ollie? Really? Grass yeah. like at Millwall? Or like grass like you see in many yeah, league two better, stadiums? Julian. It's better. No, man. I disagree. What pitches have you played on? Loads. I played on plastic pitches and normal pitches. What, what, what difference does that make? I, 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 I played at Wembley with Julian. Um, yeah, I played at Wembley. I'm not sure you played at the New Wembley, did you? I played what? twice at the yeah, New Wembley. Did yeah, you play at yeah, the New Wembley? Yeah. You I didn't. didn't. So that was, a, that was a stupid question. That was a stupid question. No, no, no. We played, we played on the real pitch where you never played. And that was a stupid question. 
There's no, no, it so was a stupid question. Better? No, it was the a stupid question. The new Wembley pitch or the grass pitches or the no, 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 no. pitches That's in Paris true. that you, you play. You, you, you're just digging your grave. <laughs> I don't understand why they wouldn't be able to play in League 2 on a plastic pitch. For have me, it makes a, no sense. Have you seen the pictures from yesterday's rugby match at Newport? Newport County Stadium yeah, Wembley Parade is, is, used for, um, is used for rugby uh, on Sundays. And it's a proper sort of 1970s style. Yeah, it's great, it's, isn't it? It is what they allowed, so... Well, that's interesting. Yeah. Interesting. I, I'm, I, I'm tempted to agree with you. You know, you think in the professional leagues, you should be able to get a groundsman and the finances to to have a decent pitch. But you say Newport's an example, isn't it? Rugby clearly is the money uh, at a grassroots level where I play. We're crying out for three G and four G because games are cancelled from basically in December exactly. until February. Um, but look, well done, Sutton. Um, I should mention the incredible bravery of. Uh, Malik Wilkes, given his debut by Gary Monk, uh, despite the fact that Wilkes' brother was shot dead in Leeds on Thursday. Um, extraordinary bravery of, of him. Sutton threw, as you say, Lincoln threw as well, 3-1 over Brighton. Are we allowed to delight? Or, or I just felt so sorry. for It's for Kayo Tomori, who's, who, who scored online from Chelsea and scored that own goal. You'd be proud of that on finish his on his debut. It wasn't quite as good as Darren Bent's own goal. Yeah, you're probably yeah, right true. on Friday. Because Ben had a good old swing, didn't he? The best OGs uh, <laughs> I think I've seen. I've got one thing to say about Lincoln and Sutton. Do the managers have to wear those ugly sky blue jacket that they have yeah. on the touchline? Yeah, they yeah, have yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. Contract, they, they contracted no with Vanarama or something. Are, yes. I don't know if it's meant to be in the FA Cup. Because that's the only, that, w- that would be the only thing, really. If just the, it's those horrible Say that again, jacket. producer Charlie. Everyone in the everyone in the Vanarama National League wears them. Wow. Everyone in the Vanarama League to. has to wear you them. You have to wear them. Oh, wow. and in the Ryman, but when I had my season in the Ryman Premier, the coaching staff had to wear the all black Ryman Premier. Wow, we, we should make that Pep. Is brave. We should put Pep in oh, one man, of them. That would be Wouldn't awesome. That would be awesome. Like, in, in the fifth nice... round, every yeah. manager from Arsene Wenger to Pep Guardiola <laughs> to everybody have to wear those blue, flashy Vanarama jacket. Liverpool won Wolves two. Ollie, well done, Wolves and Paul Lambert. Definitely. I, I mean, uh, apart from the, you know, Liverpool, Liverpool are, um, as, as the modern countries like to say, in a bad moment, and they were very, very poor on um, on Saturday. But Wolves absolutely full credit to them. I mean, the fact that they scored in the first minute and were two 0 up so quickly, and that, that tells you something about their approach to the game. I, I thought they were really impressive. I'm, I'm staggered looking at them. Um, how much they're struggling in the championship, but it's but it's not a surprise that somebody like Paul Lambert can, can go there and set up a team very well and, and as a player as did because I've, I've always thought he's a really good manager I know people say oh well, he was a disaster at Villa I think anybody would have been a disaster at Villa at that time the club was just going stale completely I, I think um, Wolves is a dysfunctional club that, he, that he's taken over at a, at a difficult time but I think he showed there on Saturday that there could be good times ahead for him He looks 10 years younger than, than when he was managing Villa as well he's got a real glow about him the Wolves fans Julian uh, love Helder Costa, uh, Portuguese winger right, from Benfica. So. He was on loan at, at Monaco last year, so you can tell me a bit yeah. more about him. He couldn't play much. He couldn't play much, and Monaco couldn't get in the team last season. The one thing I would say is that, considering the season he's having for Wolves, if anyone from Liverpool had gone to see Wolves play or watch them play or something, they would have known he was the danger man, the one that maybe you had to look at for, maybe sometimes make sure that he wouldn't get the ball too much or it wouldn't be so easy for him to get the ball so maybe cut the relationship between him and his midfielders or him and his fullback, whatever side he was playing and he, he felt like Liverpool just discovered who the guy was 
uh, that Jurgen Klopp and his staff and his players had no idea that Helder Costa could actually cause problems to them. And it's exactly what he did. And I was even surprised when he came off. I thought, why did you take him off? He looked quite early for me in the game and he still looked very good on the ball. He didn't look too tired or anything. And I thought, oh, maybe Wolves will come to regret the decision of taking him off. They didn't in the end. I thought he was outstanding. And I, and I can't believe that Liverpool didn't defend better on him by having a special sort of a special plan against him. Three defeats in a row at home for Liverpool. Klopp out, James Scowcroft is saying. Well, they've got a big... No, I'm not saying that. They've got a massive game tomorrow night as well, haven't they? Um, yeah, Chelsea on Chelsea night. as well. I think the next three home games, Chelsea, Tottenham and Arsenal, which will define their season. Are, we, are you surprised? I'm, I am surprised that they didn't win all these games. Yeah, they've had a nightmare week, haven't they? I, I just think the way Klopp is very high intense, high energy... Uh, they're massively missing Mane up front. I think that was um, evident against Southampton in the week. So he, he'll be a big, big boost for them when he come back. But I think it's very, very hard to, to maintain the tempo that he wants his sides to play throughout the season. A big game, Liverpool-Chelsea, which incidentally is the only interesting Premier League game in midweek. Uh, I'll read them to you and you can tell me if any of the others are, are interesting. Arsenal-Watford, Bournemouth-Palace, Burnley-Leicester, Middlesbrough-West Brom, Sunderland-Spurs, Swansea-Southampton, Liverpool-Chelsea-West Ham-Man City. Man United Hull and Stoke Everton. With all due respect to the other 18 teams in the Premier League. Uh, Millwall won Watford nil. Uh, Junior, were you surprised? I wasn't. And we talked about it. Do you remember when Millwall beat Bournemouth? And yeah. we said, if, if, if clubs go there, like Watford or Bournemouth, the, the, the round before, and are not ready for a fight, they will never get something against a team like Millwall, who is high on confidence, who is a very good manager, who in Steve Morrison have a... Very good striker, who's a handful, and, and modern day James Scowcroft. Maybe, but 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 Morrison maybe was not good enough for the Premier League, and he, and he had he, he gave it a go, and you know he went to Leeds and he, he scored some goals for them. But maybe he's happier where he is now, and that was always not maybe the right level for him because he, he's probably better than League One and, and Millwall. And I thought once again, loads of changes to Watford, but more than the changes, it looked like that team was just not ready for a fight, and Millwall could have scored more goals, and. And I thought they completely deserved to go through. Listen to again. Steve Morrison on the radio this morning saying it was probably the easiest game they've had this season. Really? Yeah. I'm not surprised. Do you remember we said that? Yeah, I, if I was, you're not up for it. Yeah, I saw them in the previous round against Bournemouth and they absolutely annihilated Bournemouth from start to finish, on and off the pitch. The crowd were vibrant up for the game. The Millwall players were... And Bournemouth just couldn't handle... Again, they made nine, ten changes, Eddie Howe, and the reserve players could not handle the tempo that Millwall players had played at. Didn't see the Watford game, but I can imagine it is exactly the same. And if another Premier League team comes down to the den in the next round and treats it with the same, they'll get knocked out as well. But there's, there's nothing special about what they're doing. It's a 4-4-2 and just everybody fights for each other, runs for each other, second ball, third ball, fourth ball, fifth ball, whatever. The pitch is poor, especially if you compare with the plastic pitch. But that's what they do. And if you're not ready, you would get beaten. Ollie, uh, very good news for Millwall as well. It's, it's been a good week for them, hasn't it, given the, the the fact that there's not going to be this compulsory purchase order as well of the new den. Yeah, I mean that that was uh, that was probably a more important victory in terms of you know the, the club's future. I mean it's much more important. It was a really big issue that, and it's probably been underplayed in um, most of the media. But I'm delighted that it's been sorted out um, seemingly for that for now, and it's great that they got that result. I mean it. it as we as said, it's one of those places which uh, you know, it might not be as intimidating as the old Coldwell Lane 
days, but the, the new den is is one of the few genuinely sort of intimidating grounds. For, um, it is intimidating. It, it is not many grounds are intimidating, but that is one that still holds. They're still very very um, on you. I've played mm. there several times at the New Den, and it, and it is Were you unlike. Scared, James? Oh, I was absolutely petrified. Really? No, um, <laughs> no, 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 no. But seriously, all but seriously, it's it is intimidating. It's even the it's, even the fans it's across the far side of the pitch, opposite the dugouts there, where the executive boxes. Even the people in the executive boxes just had a three course meal, all stand up and all chanting at the referee and the opposition, and and this that, and the other. So it, it's a unique, um, and I think Neil Harris is ideal for the. The role there, he's played for the club, he understands the club. I think they've now played nine games where they haven't changed a team, which at any level is is something uh, something special. And good luck to them in the next round. Fulham 4, Hull 1. Fulham scored some lovely goals in, the, in this game. The best bit was, obviously, the Abel Hernandez double penalty. Uh, did, has anyone seen this? Yeah. Would you like minute. to would you like to talk us through it? What a wonderful two minutes of football that was, wasn't it, Julian? It was. It was. It's really rare. To miss two penalties in the same game, some some have done it before. Martin Palermo obviously missed three penalties in the same game, but um, two is, is 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 pretty bad for a player who's you know scored two goals in the Premier League. What two weeks ago, ten days ago? Um, have you missed Have you missed two penalties in one, in one game? No, one in one. Have you Have you missed, missed, what was missed your penalties? Fifty percent. Fifty. That's not bad. I That's don't not think bad. 50 is good enough, 50%. Well, when you've only taken two penalties in your career, you must want to score one. <laughs> Who were they against? Uh, took a penalty against Crew Alexander at Grestry Road, mm-hmm. and I took another penalty for Ipswich against Chelsea in the quarterfinals of the Coca Cola Cup. And Ed DeHoy, I think, was the Chelsea goalkeeper, <sighs> made an unbelievable save. They still talk about it. They do they? indeed. Was he in tracksuit trousers that day, DeHoy? Was he a tracksuit trouser keeper? I mean, I know Karin mm, was. Yeah, no, no he, he wasn't. Was, You're getting mixed up. Mm, okay. I mean, I, well, Everybody any was. chance yeah. to mention goalkeepers in tracksuit trousers uh, should be done. Um, so, look, bad luck, Abba Hernandez. Slightly taken away by the fact that some Fulham defender got in his face after he missed the second. You know, that sort of <laughs> yeah. puff your chest out and you just think... Martin you, Keon-esque. Uh, yeah, just don't... Does that happen a, in your five-a-side league on a Sunday morning? or Saturday, Saturday afternoon, 11-a-side. At least once a game, there is a set two... And you're just like, guys, come on. It is not worth it. Um, Have you ever provoked anyone? Obviously, you know, you've had people treading on your toes and pinching yeah. you and all that nonsense and an elbow to the ribs, uh, you know, the goal kick when you're miles away. But that I'll really you, was. a good one. Yeah? A corner kick. When you get a corner kick, yeah. especially this time of year when it's wet and it's cold and everything, just stand on someone's toes. Oh, you, know, no. you know the new boots have got, the new oh. night ones that don't. Just get your, your back stud and just right oh. on their middle. When I was at school... We played the army. We were in a league with the army, right? And there was this centre-back was kicking me all over the place. I was at sixth form. And so at a corner, I just held his hand and gave it a little rub. And he went absolutely ballistic. So I have provoked. He went ballistic. But I couldn't because <laughs> all his art sergeants were on the touchline. So then I just said, at ease. And he really didn't like that. <laughs> um, he kicked me later. Uh, so back to, uh, uh, back to actual football. The Spurs, magic of the cup. Yeah, Spurs. Spurs. Just a full yeah, yeah, yeah. Can we mention Ryan Sessegnon? Yeah, of course. Who... Maybe Oli, you were going to mention him, but who really looks like... I know we, we got carried away a bit. We, we've all done it about seeing young players. And Scoey here is the master of knowing all about young players in this country. But Sessegnon looks like the real deal. He can play forward the back, left, left back, forward the back. He can play wing back in a five as well. He looks better. I don't know, every time I see him, even on just highlight show like, like this game, I didn't see the full game. But what do you think? I think he's an outstanding young player. I don't know if you saw the highlights where his dribble were. I, th- I think it went for a corner. 
yeah. in the end. Fantastic technique, wonderful, you know, both feet. He's a real star, one to watch. Ollie? Uh, unfortunately, I didn't see it. It was, it, was one, it was one of those games that should have been on live and, and, and wasn't. I was, at, um, I was at Old Trafford, which, um, you know, people say shouldn't have been live, but then again, should I have been there? No, but it's an interesting yeah. point you make about uh, being at Old Trafford and that game being on tape mm. was that I think Gary Lineker said on Twitter yeah, that, did, that, yeah. that once Lincoln had got through, the BBC tried to change their televised game from Manchester United to the Lincoln game and the FA wouldn't let them do it. I'm not surprised that you can't do it at, at sort of 10 days' notice as, as an afterthought. Um, it, it, it's, um, I'm, I'm sure the FA did make some kind of contingency plan where Man City was going to be televised, was it? I don't suppose you can go shifting kickoff times around too much and shifting bookers. Yeah, no, you're probably right. Once you've made the initial decision, but it's... Um, I think the whole issue with, with, with you know, which games are televised, which games aren't... Um, is, is an interesting one because it's clear that people like a lot of sort of classic FA Cup games where, when, when they come around. But the fact is that the BBC show Manchester United and they get more viewers. And it's, yeah, it's, it's 57 fact, days. 56 or, yeah. 56 or 7, yeah. Yeah, the, the yeah. United fans are putting a banner up. On Did the, they? Yeah, you know, the, the, they said one for Man City where the, the captains yeah. for the years that they have uh, got one which 57 stroke 58. Coming up, do you not think though no, that the argument Gary Lineker's argument was, was poor though? Because out of all the games, that should have been at the very bottom. Manchester United, Wigan at home, you, you know. Yeah. They, even though they were saying, well, if you know, if, if this would have gone, we would have had this 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 game on, etc. Irrelevant. That game shouldn't have been on. And and if we're talking about reinventing the FA Cup, it's not just the, the people with the purse strings. I mean, it's everybody connected. Then again, Liverpool Wolves should that have been chosen with hindsight. Definitely, but, yeah. but, but, but it was the same category as game as was Tottenham, um, Tottenham Wickham, which was which was although not an upset was a humdinger. Most, wasn't uh, it? You know, an absolute humdinger. Should and, we talk and, about it for a second? I just sort of felt for Gareth Ainsworth, three two up in the last minute, and and you just think we've you know then Spurs have only got ten on the pitch because Trippier's been injured. Got to feel for him. Because yes, it, you know you can be glorious in defeat, and as a Cambridge fan, I've been I've enjoyed the glory of defeat quite a lot. But you're that close to knocking Spurs out. Spurs had a they made a lot of changes. They still had a decent side out, didn't they? It's it's just the, the quality, isn't it? At the end, you know, I think there is a divide again. If you look at the big clubs, I know Liverpool it hasn't worked out for them. Manchester United though, and all the other clubs, the top five or six do have enough strength in depth where they can make changes and still knock teams out. That's why. I think we'll see semi-finals and a final with the top clubs in it. Uh, the year ends in a seven, which, uh, if carelessly written, can look like a one. So, could Spurs' name be on the cup? No, I just think that the, the fixture list will just mount up for Spurs. Now the UEFA League, they're in the, the Premier League hunt as well. FA Cup, I think it'll just be one too many for them. Um, do we think Rod Stewart should do the draw? Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we, Alan Stubbs was on Fancy Football last week, and we in Weatherspoons in Glasgow. <laughs> it was just he brought so much joy to so many people, and I just thought it was just a, such a lovely moment. And I I love Sir Rod Stewart for doing that. Um, uh, and the best the best thing about it was that it was sort of a response to the, the famous stuffiness of of FA Cup times. And yet the, the SFA guy next to him just remained as, as <laughs> That's what made it so good. The bit when Rod Stewart is. You know, when they say, back to you, David, and Rod Stewart then like, looks round the back of that, you know, the banner to say, where's David? And you're so right, Ollie. The, the SFA man played it. I mean, he was the ultimate straight man. Other... The train is now approaching. 
station at platform passenger seat. Airport, please stay on board. Next stop, road station. iOS helps you control which apps you share your exact location with. There's more to iPhone. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax. And think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Highlights. Anybody want to mention anything on the following? Uh, Arsenal. Uh, nicely, Danny Welbeck. Looking good, and sort of forgotten yeah. that he existed. It's good first start. Well, yeah, but he, he was unlucky with with injuries. I think his game was was really really good, very encouraging, better than the uh, the Solbay celebration. Mm-hmm. As you you know, do you know about the celebration? No. Oli, do you know about the celebration? Tell me. Skawi, do you know? No, so it's that me. Turkish chef who is very famous in Turkey, right? Who when he cuts the meat, then salts the meat in a very in the way that Welbeck celebrated, so putting his hand like this. Okay. And people who listen to the podcast, you can't see, but hopefully you would know by then. So a lot of players have done it as a celebration. Top Rack and Chernoglu uh, by Leverkusen last weekend and Welbeck at the game yesterday, okay. on Saturday. Thanks, right, so, yeah. What's the link between Welbeck and Turkey then? I don't know, maybe... I mean, it's the trend. Rihanna is wearing a T-shirt about it, about Sol Bay and all of that. So I guess it's the trend it's the now. latest it's bit, dab. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the it's, dab it's, or the mannequin challenge okay. and all that kind of thing. But not the, not, it was good to not see. Not that he goes to Turkish restaurant and he's into High Street. No. Maybe it does. Maybe as okay. well it does. But, but what's really funny is as well that Turkey chef, and I'm, I, I, and then it's after that we don't have to talk about it, but on his Instagram account are all those photos with Manuel Neuer, uh, Fabio Capello with a huge sword as well. It's a bit weird, but yeah, celebrity chef and, uh, and players taking to him. Well, well, it's nice to see one of those Lincoln City players sort of um, mining the, the, the sort of cutting off of a, of a Donna Kebab or something like that, wouldn't it? That, that, that would have been, that yeah. been the ultimate um, sort of cancer point. To when did you last have a Donna Kebab, Ollie? It was probably only about a year ago, but that was the first one for about 10 years. Okay. Um, did you enjoy uh, it? And it, and it? was And it was after a match at Arsenal, and it was, um, it was, it was quite good. It, was, it, was, it felt like it had come from a... A real animal, rather than... Uh, oh, so it was a posh <laughs> one, it wasn't a dirty one. It was pretty dirty, but but it wasn't as dirty as the dirty ones I had back in the right. day. Okay. Uh, James, <laughs> same question to you. Probably six months ago. Okay. Sober? Yeah, Californian Grill in Ipswich wow. on Woodbridge Road. Okay. Highly recommended. Okay. Do you know what? We went, before Christmas, we went for Christmas drinks with my football mates. Mm-hmm. In North London, where we live, and uh, and then I really wanted a, a kebab on my way home. It was half eleven; everything was closed. I was really gutted. Oh, I'm quite but, fancy one know, now. It's, it's, it's Valentine's Day in a couple of weeks, so um, get a big know, elephant's foot. Look, yeah, exactly. <laughs> get, get um, yeah, table two. Who would like to praise Stephen DeFore's delightful chip? 
I will then. Started the move and just absolute class uh, from the edge of the box. Just took a second, looked up. And any goal that scored where the ball takes a long time to go in, I, I appreciate greatly. Perfection. Yeah, so well and done. And he also looks like he's going wide. Mm. That, the, the camera one angle, yeah. just behind him, it yeah. looks like the ball goes wide and that he almost like miskicked it in a way and then he goes in. It's wonderful. And Defoe is like a northerner saying Defoe. So I, I like that as well. Um, uh, <laughs> Palace <laughs> lost to City. Big Sam, how, how, why are you, your head in your hands, James? <laughs> Uh, Marcotti would never do such a terrible <laughs> gag, would he? Um, what do we think about Big Sam? I think the next two games for Big Sam are and for Crystal Palace are very, very big. They've got Bournemouth away mm-hmm. midweek and Sunderland at home. And I think the, the, the Big Sam Crystal Palace revolution needs to get going ASAP. Do you think all pundits were slightly guilty of just presuming they'd be fine because he walked in the door? Yes, were you guilty of that? And I think it, I think you can stretch that beyond pundits as well. Really, Ollie, yeah. were you guilty of it? I, I, I certainly was. No, I, I, I thought he'd go there, in there and it would be perfect for him. And he, he and a team that had been underperforming previously, I, I thought it was right up his street to, to, to go in there and sort out the defence and, and, and get them playing. And I, I looked at the first month and thought that they've got a tricky start, but they've. Um, the problem is that you know they've lost matches such as such as. Swansea at home and, and the other teams Swansea and, and Hull who have changed manager they suddenly look like they've got you know, a bit more about them than they did a month ago so it is looking um, tricky I, I, I wouldn't particularly judge him on Saturday I think I, I, you know, it was a bit of a mishmash lineup, and it was um, clearly wasn't their priority but no, they, they need to get going very quickly but interestingly Sunderland last season didn't particularly get going quickly it was only really the, of March, April, that, that, that they went on that run. So, I mean, it, it, he's not necessarily somebody who comes in and, and transforms things overnight by his sort of sheer energy. He's generally a, an organiser who, who does bits in the transfer market and, and, and then gets things going and building the team he wants. But it's, um, yeah, it, it does seem like um, a, a far tougher task than um, it looked when he came in. West Ham, Julien, have got rid of Pyatt. To Marseille, no. giving the French a bad name, Dimitri Payet, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, f- so French of him. It's not so f- okay. <laughs> so your wife to be? Yeah, is Australian. She is, yes. Yeah, yeah. Imagine you have three children as well, mm-hmm. and they're not happy when they go to school. They they they're not happy here. The mm-hmm. language is an issue. Mm-hmm. Everything is an issue. Mm-hmm. They're small children as well. Yeah. And you've lived yourself in Australia and you had a great time there. And you never really wanted to leave Australia to come to the UK. You would have happily stayed in Australia, but you, you were forced to leave to go to the UK. Mm. And your wife and your children come and say, it's difficult for us here. You know, we're not, we're not happy. And, and you feel the strain to yourself is impacting your game. Yes, you earn a lot of money and you, you, know, you, you still play well. But there's that issue. Maybe you would want to go back to Australia. I mean, if, even know. with no kids, unless the Australian for good morning is, yeah. why am I in this stupid country? I think she wants to go already. That's an interesting point yeah. you make about yeah. football being human so beings. someone's forced you to come to London to earn £100,000 a week and you can't stick out another two years. It's not just about the money, though. It's not just about the money. He's got small chi- young children. His wife is not happy. He's not happy here. The children are not happy. Why would he stay if he can go? Is there a wider point, James? That, that I can see why makes... the West Ham fans are unhappy. I can, I can see that. There's that loyalty b- uh, bonus as well that you got in September for a million quid. And I, 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 I get, I get a new contract last year. Then I, I, I agree with you. 
in February, when they signed a new deal for a huge pay rise as well, they said, okay, let's give it another go. Let, let's give it another year, six months until the summer. Then there's the Euros, then we see. And then even after that, we can go up to January and see. And, and the fact was, or so they say, I'm not, you know, I'm not saying he's right or wrong or whatever. They, they gave it another go for another year and it was still the same problem. Yeah, Julian makes a fair point, which I think people forget is that footballers are human beings and exist not just on the pitch, not just at the training ground, don't they? Family is a huge thing for a lot, you know, for a lot of people. Yeah, it's, I've been there, you know, been there, done that. You know, you move away and you you don't know anybody and, and you have to adapt, but you have to look at the bigger picture, you know. He's looked, I think he's all of a sudden thought, this is no good, I'm going to go back to Marseille and everything's going to be better. I'm sure, sure that when his career finished, which will which will be soon because he, what yeah. is he now 29 30 13 March right so he's not going to go on you know mm. number four maybe five years I'm sure he'll look back and think the French league is nowhere near as strong as the Premier League yeah, Julian true. and that I'm sure he'll look back and regret his decision a player like Pay, I would think will enjoy it far more in Marseille this season at the upper end of the French league and um and would have enjoyed it far more last season in a team that was performing rather than the struggle that the season has been in in a you know a fairly solar stadium. I'm sure that you know the, the the malaise that has hung over West Ham this season makes things worse. And um, you know when you've got those off the off pitch issues, which he clearly has, I can understand why, why he suddenly thinks I just want to get out of here. My only criticism really would be do it in a in a respectful way. Yeah, you know? but, well, why can not wait till the summer? Fans, that that club has taken to to heart and. Uh, and um, Refusing to train, refusing to play for, for the under-23s—that is disrespectful. It should never get to that level. Unfortunately, it does far too often these days. But it, would it, it make it, a difference, kind of Ollie? Would it make a difference if he had played out of his skin or tried as hard as he possibly could for the start of this season? Because there were times on the pitch where he did not look interested. Had he done that and still left, would he have? Would he have gone, or would have West Ham bosses been under more pressure to keep him because he'd been playing so well? I think players often say, I mean, James will be able to talk about this far better than I can, but, but players often seem to think they have to kick up a real stink in order to leave, and, it, and it, it's happened in various transfers in this window, it's happened uh, It's happened for years, but I think there would be more sympathy with him and you know more respect for, for him from West Ham fans in particular if he'd said something um, about, you know, if he'd said publicly what, what the issue is and, and why he feels this way. But people don't like saying these things publicly because that often tends to jeopardise um, payments that they might be due and, um, what, uh, and that kind of thing. I think it's, whoever's it's... advised him, Ollie, hasn't advised him very well at all. I think there's better ways to, to get out of a football club than the, the yeah. route he's he's chosen. You, you don't have to make a lot of noise to, to, to force something like that. There's better ways to handle it. That was by his choice, though, and, and he did it before in France when he was younger, when he wanted to leave Saint-Étienne to go to, to PSG. I mean, he, he scored one of the goals of the season. That solo effort against Middlesbrough was... Uh, it's a know, phenomenal it talent, Julian. It's incredible. He, but on a pure business point of view for West Ham, OK, you're losing a, a top player, like, like you said, Scully, but you bought him for 13, one, three, 13 million pounds 18 months ago, Right. He turns 30 in March. You sell him for double what you've bought him for 18 months later. You know, that's pretty, for someone who didn't want to play for you anymore anyway. So like we've said on, on the podcast for the last three weeks, he will go eventually. And we knew he, w- he was going to go this, this window because they, w- they wouldn't keep someone who doesn't want to wear the shirt anymore. So in the end, I think for them, they can reinvest their money, Snowgrass, whoever else they buy. So maybe in the end, everybody's happy. 
I'll make another prediction. I bet he doesn't start Marseille for the rest of his career. I bet he gets tempted somewhere else. Maybe China. Uh, and on the subject of families, according to the Daily Star, so it must be true, Colleen Rooney has given Wayne the go-ahead to go to China. Can't see it. Can't see it? Would no. you be disappointed as a United fan if he was no. doing that? No, time's up at Manchester United. I mean, w- w- one interesting thing, is, you know, I was at the game yesterday and, and Rooney was asked um, specifically... In a, in a press conference, he was asked specifically, could Rooney go before the February deadline to China? And Mourinho just answered it in a completely different way. He said, the only player I'm aware who might leave before January is actually Young, who he doesn't want to sell, but, but, but you know, has various offers. Um, it sounded to me a little bit like the door might be open, but I, I, I can't see that with United... Still in three cup competitions, still trying to get into the Champions League um, via the Premier League. I can't see that it would make any sense at all for them to um, to let him go, even if they got a, a, an enormous offer. But it's it's what is interesting is is the suggestion that that he might be up for it. And, and um, you know, I've, I've I've asked various people close to him whether that is the case, and I've I've never really been given that impression. But maybe think maybe now having broken that record, maybe there's a sense of you know my work here is done and. Um, and maybe he would fancy you know, a couple of years there for, for enormous money. But, a week. Yeah. What but, do you do after the third week? <laughs> that's what, that's what, that's what I wonder. Um, you guys have your fingers on the pulse. Any any interesting rumours or any any possible transfer things you think may happen that uh, are fascinatingly interesting? Um, uh, Southampton, close to agreeing a deal for Gabbi- Marco Gabbiadini. 17 Manolo. million. He must be 57 now. Manolo but he can still put him away. Yes. It's Manolo, yeah. It is. I know it. I'm yeah. just being silly there. Junior. Yeah, no, no, no. I know. Um, that would be a good one. I would like to see this one happen. I would like to see this one happen. I would like uh, Azmir Begovic to go to Bournemouth as well. I think that would be very good for Bournemouth if Chelsea can find a replacement. Um, Igalo, what's going to Igalo do? You know, would someone really spend that much money, 20, 25 million pounds on someone who's got two goals in, in the last year or so? Palace have just got Van Arnholt, I'm told. West Brom, uh, West Brom going to do... Uh, some teams need, still need play. Yeah. Palace, we were saying about Palace, surely they need more than there Van Arnholt. There's no of John Terry going to Palace. I, I don't see that. Um, David Moyes has got Darren Gibson and Brian Oviedo in. So yeah, Sunderland are safe. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, anyway, look, it's deadline day tomorrow, so no, no doubt um, it will be covered very carefully and sensitively by everybody. Um, with no sensationalism at all. Uh, the African Cup of Nations, do you want to know the scores? You don't, James. Uh, do you, Julia? I, I watch it. So. Oh, you do, so you know. Uh, Ghana beat DR Congo 2-1. Egypt beat Morocco 1-0 yesterday in, in the quarterfinals. On Saturday, Burkino Faso 2, Tunisia 0. Cameroon beat Senegal on penalties. So it's a Burkino Faso, Egypt, Cameroon, Ghana. Julian, pick us a winner out of those, please. Ghana, I thought I thought they look they look good. The Ayu brothers scored in the same match, which well, it must be a cool thing when you play, you know, at that level in a quarterfinal of a African Cup of Nation, and you and your brother score. It's pretty good. The two, no, it, the two I mean, goals. It depends that, if you get on, doesn't it? Because some brothers you get on and some don't. You know, you don't. True, know. but I, I love those uh, brotherly stories. Anyway, and so yeah, that was good. Yeah, I think I think. Did Gana you ever score in strong. the same game as Jean-Pierre Laurent? Clément, Clément is oh, my okay. young brother. Good guess. Uh, yeah, it was a good guess. Jean-Pierre, though, that shameful name. Um, <laughs> that was in a lower low. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, here we go. Uh, no, I never scored with my. Well, we have scored in games together, but no okay. official games. Okay. No. Uh, yeah, not not on the pitch. How, how official are the how official are the official guys? Are we talking? Are we talking? 
like in a proper league we've never played in the same team I, I was, know what you mean Ollie. I, I was always better than him so we, you know when we played with friends we, we they once together. had a referee he's five years younger than me so he was always you know it was hard to live hard. up to the hype wasn't it yeah and he was lazy <laughs> I, would have, wrong. I would have never yeah I would have gone angry with him too much um, well look, I've had a nice time does anyone have anything else to add Ollie, are, are you happy? Did, did you make a cup of tea on the Argo while we were doing? I did. That? I did. I don't know if you noticed, but but yeah, I did. Uh, I was slurping away. But I, I sometimes remember to press meat when I was slurping away. Um, James, one question: We always finish the the podcast with a European theme. There was a big, big game in Paris last night. Julian, explain more. Yes, there was PSG Monaco. Uh, Monaco were the leaders before before Nice won earlier in the day. Uh, but yeah, it's a huge game that finished one or probably a fair result. Although Cavani scored late on a penalty, 81st, and then Bernardo Silva snatched a point from Monaco. Literally one minute, 93rd minute, one minute before the end, in extra time, um, which leaves. The whole league still very open. Only three points between PSG and Monaco, and um, and and Nice at second now because Monaco with the draw went went back top. So it's it's just great. It's great for French football as well to have those two teams there with Nice mm. in that in that title race. And I thought Monaco were outstanding yesterday, I have to say. And, and I think they're going to give a good run to City. Whoever wins that game, you know... It, it's not an easy draw for Man City, I is think, it? I think all those City fans... When I said it on Twitter, the day of the draw, uh, City fans giving me a lot of abuse, everything, blah, 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 you know, nothing about football. I do think it's not an easy draw. It's not even a good draw. It's a hard draw for City with the second leg away from home as well in France. And I just can't wait because of all those ties, I think this is the one to watch. What about... Is it Leicester Seville? Sevilla? Yeah. yeah. How interesting is that going to be now? Bizarre Leicester sort of being pretty useless in the Premier League but still being good in the Champions League. Presumably Sevilla will have too much for them. I think so. Uh, I really do. I think Leicester have been good in the Champions League in a very average group mm-hmm. where a group, even with an average Porto team, Copenhagen and, and, and Bruges who were not good enough to be there anyway. So I think they got an easy ride so far and now things are going to get tough and we saw Sevilla against Lyon. I saw them against Lyon. I saw them against Juventus. Jorge Sampaoli is doing an amazing job there. Sami Najri is back to his best level. They've got great players. Steven Enzonzi is having an, an amazing season for them. And I just can't see Leicester beating Sevilla over two legs. Has the Champions League lost its magic? Are we... <laughs> <laughs> One point regarding Monaco. Monaco had eight players, 22 and below. Is yep. that right? Who are we going to see in the Premier League next from Monaco? I think you might see Thomas Lema. I think you will see Bakayoko for sure in mid- the, their midfielder who's who's been outstanding this year. Bernardo Silva is another one. Hoddle. It's very interesting. Hoddle. You know, Hoddle. It was, Hoddle is still a legend there. When he goes, everybody at the club absolutely loves him. He went there when they played Monaco. Because and, and he was just the, probably the greatest footballer that's ever been. He was, I mean, he, was, he, was, he played so well at Monaco, won the league there, obviously, but big memories with Arsene Wenger. Coming soon in the Times, a big feature on Monaco. I was there last week. Ah, oh, really? Spoke to you? lots of people. Did and, you have uh, a good yeah. time? I had a very nice time, yeah. It was... Um, but uh, no, spoke to, spoke to the coach, spoke to the vice president, spoke to Bernardo Silva. Did um, you come across Kylian Mbappe, the big young superstar? I didn't. I wasn't able to stay there for the uh, for the match. But no, he certainly came up a lot in in, in conversations and, and is being watched by practically everyone, not least yeah, uh, Real Madrid the, himself. He is, so, a, he is the next big. I think Julian will back me up. He is definitely. the next big European mm. star. 18. Mm. Just leave leave him with us a little bit more, please, English clubs. Just leave him in France. He's only 18. Give him another two years maybe and then spend 100 million on it. And then he can come make his name in an English club exactly. for English people and then just leave us 
Leave us alone. It won't matter. You can go back to France when the FA Cup weekend's on in a week or so. Listen, guys, I've had a lovely time. Uh, thank you, Ollie. Thank you. Uh, take it easy. Thank you, James Scopel. Pleasure. Uh, thank you very much, you know, Laurent. Thank you. Merci. Um, uh, who's, is Gab back next week? Uh, Gab Marcotti, the delightful and uh, uh, humble Gab Marcotti, is back next week. Unless Donald Trump has ended the world, of course, in which case I hope you had a good life. The game is brought to you by The Times. For more information and more podcasts from The Times, head to thetimes.co.uk. VoiceOver describes what's happening on your iPhone screen. VoiceOver on settings. So you can navigate it just by listening. Books, contacts, calendar, double tap to open. Breakfast with Anna from 10 to 11. And get on with your day. Accessibility. There's more to iPhone.